Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of The Rewind. In case this is the first time you've ever checked out our podcast, every Sunday we recap the happenings surrounding the upcoming MMORPG by Visionary Realms, Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen. We look at official news, tweets, and anything from VR themselves, and then we dig even further into social media to see what the overall community is actually talking about in regards to MMORPGs in particular, um, but also how they relate to Pantheon. We scour the forums, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and multiple discords in order to try to keep everybody up to date on what's happening. If you're joining us live for this premiere at noon uh, Eastern time on YouTube, welcome. But if you're not, please keep in mind that uh, you don't need to just watch this on YouTube. You can also subscribe and download for on-the-go listening on iTunes or Spotify. Um, So, of course, I'm not alone on this weekly adventure as I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Theric. So, as is custom to our starts, Theric, how is it going up there in the Great White North? (laughs) Well, it's not quite so white anymore. We had some snow last week, but it's all gone. But um, it's it's going well. It's going well. I'm pretty proud of myself. You know what I did yesterday? I actually did my first Christmas shopping, which is beats my previous record by about two months of being the day before Christmas. So I actually got it done uh, quite early. Not done. I'm not done. I got more to do, but I got it started, which is like psychologically more important than anything because usually I don't and then I just stress out about it until the final moment. So I'm, I'm off to a good start. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear you got my gift and you were thinking about me. So thank you for that. Very <laughs> yeah. excited to see what that is. But of course, no early gifting. Let's wait until no. Christmas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll hold off on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple things on like uh, Amazon and I don't know. That's it. Yeah. That was basically so. what it was. It was just Amazon stuff and couple of things locally that I just ordered online, but uh, it just feels good to get the ball rolling and, and not have to worry about My girlfriend that. has her tree up already and all her Christmas decorations. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Like it's crazy. What is it? November? It's like the first week of November. And she put a tree up for Halloween and said it was a Halloween tree and decorated with all kinds of Halloween stuff. And it was really cool. But I knew that what it was for is as soon as Halloween was over, you were going to have your Christmas tree up. Sure enough. There oh, we go. A Halloween tree. I've never yeah. heard of a Halloween tree before. That is like a, it's like a Festivus kind of thing going yeah. on there. Like she's, kinda, she's creating, creating a new holiday or something like that. I think this is just a way to maybe keep the tree up year round. We're going to just evolve it into different <laughs> holidays. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Uh, well, good luck with all that. Yeah. Well, hey, we've uh, rambled enough. Let's go ahead and jump into uh, the start of the show. Let's go. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. All right, so this is where we talk about a lot of the official content and how people are responding to it. Typically, we spend a lot of time looking at Twitter posts from uh, Visionary Realms or the Pantheon account. Today, we have one of those to look at. But first, one of the things that was really exciting is that Visionary Realms actually listed that they were hiring a technical artist. So Visionary Realms hiring at all, that's that's a really good thing. So we figured we would read you some of these details and point to a couple of things about the position and the time frame. And, you know, basically, here's what the website says, and then we'll kind of talk about it. So quoting the website, it says, Visionary Realms is looking for an experienced technical artist with a passion for building worlds. The candidate has to have a strong understanding of writing shaders and has experience in Unity. This is a remote, full-time contracted position for three months. It's interesting. We'll get back to that. Mm -hmm. Visionary Realms is a small independent studio working remotely. We are strongly committed to our project and are looking for like-minded individuals who are able to perform reliably and independently and who are able to communicate effectively and efficiently. So um, what they list here is a couple things that they're hoping you've seen if you're going to apply to this is that they shipped a minimum of two desktop class games built with Unity. 
um, intermediate to advanced Unity experience, uh, comfortable with built-in Unity render, renderer. <laughs> um, that's such a weird word for me, renderer. Renderer, it is a weird yeah, word, yeah. There's weird words like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> experience with extending Unity's built-in post-effects stack, writing a terrain shader, simple standard PBR shaders, uh, must play well with current post-effects stack, so it just gets really in-depth here. Update speed tree shader, base shader, billboard shader. So wow. gets a little technical there. Uh, a little over my head on some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, it's big news that they're hiring, and it's bigger news that it's a three-month position. Is that Does that stand out to mm. you at all? Do you... Do you what do you think? Uh, you know what? No, not really. I know why. Um, I, I think I know what you're going to say in terms of why it stands out to you. They, um, my understanding, and, and from following this game for a while, is knowing that they, the way they've sort of done positions in the past is they they they've done these sort of short contracts with people. Um, I think it's it's sort of par for the course for them from what we've seen in terms of how they uh, how they bring people on. You know, back when things were all starting out, I remember Brad talked used to talk about like lessons learned from the game development industry and how he wanted to sort of run a very lean sort of operation and run a very um, like a different way of doing things, running a company. So hearing it that they're doing like a short three month contract doesn't, doesn't surprise me all that much, but what um, like, how are you looking at it? I'm thinking that they want to try to get something big done within three months. Yeah. Yeah. You could be right. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's the fan in us. I think wanting to, wanting to say that you probably, but if that's the truth, I mean, that's great. If um, it's a matter of getting things done. Um, I look at these, I look at these uh, requirements and I think, man, uh, I, uh, I wish I qualified for this job, but I have none of these requirements. <laughs> <laughs> I can't apply for this. I wish I'd I like qualified to be like, for this job, and I wish I knew anything that they were requesting of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? All I saw yeah. was must play well with current, and I thought, oh, you must play well with other staff members. But then it wasn't about that. It was about like, some technical stack. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, nope, still not qualified for it. So. <laughs> yeah, there's really but nothing on that them. list. Yeah. Nothing on that yeah. list that I could be qualified. But if you're a technical artist and you're looking to get some experience on a, a really good team, uh, build up that resume with a three-month little uh, job there. Uh, definitely send your resume and help uh, bring this game to life. There's there's some pretty talented people that listen to our podcast and that we've uh, interacted with that across all kinds of uh, you know mm-hmm. professions. So any technical yeah. artists out there, jump in. Let's get this going. So. Well, like on the last uh, dev stream when uh, Torque was on, um, if you watch chat, there was quite a few people who knew exactly what he was talking about with regard to like Houdini and some of the other tools that he was using. There was people in chat who were like, you know, talking the talk, right? So yeah. there there are people in the community that know about this kind of stuff and have these this skill set. So, I mean, how cool is that, that if you were a fan of the game and you have this skill set, you could, you know, potentially go to work on it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. But yeah, so we wanted to highlight that a little bit because it is good news. Uh, If they're hiring, it means they're progressing. That's really good. We've Mm -hmm. been talking a lot about how they're speeding up their development now. You're starting to see things happen more rapidly. Now we're looking at someone coming in for a three-month time period to help that rapid growth. Um, There's just a lot of really positive things there. And then you kind of combine that into watching what we did with Torek and how quickly he's designing some of the areas. There's just a, there's a lot of positive, if you read between the lines, in this message of them hiring a technical artist. So uh, again, yeah. maybe I'm, you know, all, you know, butterflies and rainbows, but um, <laughs> I do think it's a really good thing. So it's, it's been a while since they 
publicly advertised for a position too. Um, I don't remember when the last one was, but it was at least uh, at least eighteen months ago. Um, I think on the website they uh, they put one up. But um, so yeah, no, it's always a good sign when they're when they're looking for somebody. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then, uh, so let's go into the Twitter uh, question they had. It was a weird one. So it's funny because <laughs> when this was posted, sometimes I want to just be like, Kilson, like, you know, because yeah. we use this so much on our show, right? Um, but then, like, I actually, I, this isn't as bad of a question when you start reading the comments from people. And I actually have a really good story. So let's jump into this crazy one. It says, does daylight savings time affect your gaming at all? Do you like daylight savings or would you rather keep the standard all year round and why? A weird question. Like, yeah. obviously it's topical. It just happened. I get it. So let's read through <laughs> some of these comments and, and we'll, we'll chat ourselves about it a bit. So um, Nafel says, I don't mind it in concept, but it honestly seems like more trouble than it is worth the last few years. Then again, now that I work from home, the new this is the new normal for me post-COVID. I find myself caring less whether the sun is up at 7 a.m. than I once did. That's funny. Uh, Strieg says, it doesn't affect my gaming, but it does annoy me. I can never understand how uh, something that nobody wants is so hard to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could say that about a lot of things these days, but uh, yeah. sometimes sometimes that's just the way of the world, right? It's like yeah. maybe they uh, maybe there's reasons we don't know about, but for some reason this thing just does not go away. No. Rebecca S. says, it doesn't affect my gaming, just my waking hours, because my cats feel they should still be fed at their normal hours and cannot read a clock. Yeah. What about pets? You know, when the, when the debate about this daylight savings time comes around, <laughs> nobody considers the pets, do they? You know, no, My, no. our poor dog, you know, he doesn't know what time it is. He's like, just why like, am I not eating? It. Why am I not yeah, eating yet? Yeah. Well, exactly. It's 630. Why haven't you fed me my dinner yet? And we're like, no, now in it's reverse, actually when they get fed early, they don't care. But when they yeah. get fed late, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, exactly. Um, a pity says the only way DST affects my gaming is that I go to bed an hour later than the several hours later I should have. <laughs> or I go to bed earlier, an hour earlier than the several hours later than I should have. Sleep schmeep. I like there that. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Exorcist says, doesn't affect my gaming, but certainly affects my mood. I love that. <laughs> so simple, but so good. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what one hour does for you. You like, yeah. you know, at this uh, at this stage of life, one hour is is critical to my my whole balance. You know, so yeah, it's it's a it's a mood thing for sure. Yeah, Furious Pierre's back. He says, "Keep it the same all year long, like how we should IRL." I'm <laughs> not sure what that means, but I think he's just saying get rid of this nonsense. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's I think furious. He's- He's, yeah, he is furious. We know that. He, I think he's living in a, in a game somewhere. So he, daylight savings time never actually happens for him in the game world. He's just like, you know, yeah. I have to come out of my game world to deal with this. So Could you no. imagine if it happened in game and all the timers like were an hour earlier or later? That'd be ridiculous. That would be like the best like <laughs> April Fool's Day joke or some sort of like weird like MMO holiday thing where they actually do daylight savings time in the MMO. That How would be pissed funny. off would people be? <laughs> <laughs> IP Dre says uh, daylight savings time is essentially double XP for an hour. There, there you go. Whenever like it, it goes back. Yeah. You get a you second go. hour. Yeah. That's not bad. It's <laughs> the, that's the most positive comment among everybody here. Um, <laughs> Chitown Drac says no DTS in our DST in Arizona. It's kind of nice. The sun rises when it rises and it sets when it sets. So weird uh, how some places have it and some places don't, man. It's like, crazy. Uh, it yeah. makes no sense. Um, Zelik lived says, uh, DST destroys my, I don't even know what that says. Some sort it's of rhythm. Circadian rhythm. It's circadian like your, uh, rhythm. 
Yeah, it's like your brain's uh, internal schedule for sleep and wake and that kind of stuff. Wow, this guy it gets destroyed by DSD, <laughs> especially in the spring, he says. It takes me weeks to fully adjust to sleeping and waking up earlier. If I had my way, we'd get rid of time zones, 12-hour clocks, and time changes. It doesn't matter where Mickey's hands are pointing when the sun rises. Wow, right. it's got a lot of complaints. He's not happy. He's not happy. No. Um, Michelle says, um, I would, it says it would occasionally cause our non-American raiders to be late or early to raids, but we generally remember to post an announcement ahead of time. Regardless, it's antiquated and I'd be happy for it to go away. And finally, Eloa says, I find daylight savings to be useful, useless and messy in our international interconnected world. I'd gladly get rid of it. So it's, (laughs) it's kind of an interesting take. So Again, this is kind of a weird one. I didn't know if it was something we were going to put into the rewind, actually. Um, but it actually did affect me pretty uh, significantly. So um, basically, one of my officers in my WoW guild was from Puerto Rico. Um, and they don't adjust the clocks. And he was the only one in our guild that that you know wasn't in the States and didn't have that issue. So he was also one of our main tanks. And this would push raid time back an hour and a, uh, an hour for him half the year. And it was definitely a struggle for him to stay up later. Or like if we were like, hey, guys, you want to do one more attempt after time? You know, we're doing good. We might clear it. Yeah. You know, it was really rough on him. And he'd have to plan his days and nights different to raid with us. I mean, he did, but you could tell it was a beat down on him. Um, yeah, yeah. So when we would switch back, it was like a breath of fresh air. He was like so much more energetic all of a sudden for that one extra <laughs> hour. Um, I found it pretty telling, though, that like, almost nobody, I guess we had one person that was eh about it. Uh, almost nobody uh, had anything good to say about it. And it's just funny because I thought that that last post by Aloha, where she said, you know, that international connection of players, it is really mm-hmm. rough. Like nobody overseas is doing this nonsense. So it's like, ah, oh, goofy Americans or, you know, what's going yeah. on over there. So I, yeah. I hate it. I wish it would go yeah. away. We are we are too connected as a world. It doesn't make sense for us to do something so weird that changes the time we interact with people. So mm-hmm. not a fan. It's affected me. I'm not a fan then, not a fan now, but I won't lie. When I get that extra hour of sleep, it does make me really happy. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm just like, you know what? I, I hate spring forward. I like fall back, though. Fall what back if we just keep great. falling back every year? Yeah, just like, back. why don't we just... Yeah, get rid of one, keep the other one, right? Because the one's good <laughs> and the other one sucks, you know? So, and the thing with me is that I don't really like, I never see it coming, right? I'm like, oh, this is the weekend we have to do that? I'm like, okay, so is that, is this the good weekend or the bad weekend? Yeah, that we have it's to do the same that? thing. Is this the good one or the bad one? <laughs> yeah, and it seems like it's a bad one all the time, but, uh, you know, that's just my, my, my brain telling me it's the wrong one. But, um, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, this is like stuff that's uh, a little, too, uh, too, uh, I don't know, out of my league to, to qualify whether this should be a thing or not. All I know is last week it screwed up our, uh, our rewind because you, we, our rewind, uh, premieres. Yeah, YouTube at, uh, didn't care. YouTube's like, nah, yeah. we're not doing it. Yeah. YouTube didn't adjust for daylight savings time. So uh, to answer the question, yes, it has screwed up my gaming life immensely <laughs> because I was sitting there and I was like, oh, the rewind doesn't, the premiere doesn't start for an hour. I got my coffee and then I'm like, oh, no, wait, it's another hour still. Okay. YouTube just screwed up. So yeah, I had to make it, it like a one o'clock premiere, but it actually premiered at noon. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It's really enough weird. of that. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it. It's gone. That's um, right. but the- That's it for uh, VR News and Notes this week. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. 
So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion is all about. Okay, so this week we're going to circle back on a community debate topic uh, on the official forums at PantheonMO.com. This one was uh, put up by VR on October 15th, but we didn't get a chance to discuss it uh, that week because that was the week we dedicated to uh, breaking down the producer's letter. So here's what uh, Kilson, uh, community manager for VR, posted on the forums. He said, when was the last time you can remember your decisions in-game having some kind of meaning? So... So that's a huge, huge question, right? And, and it really comes down to what uh, what's the term meaning look like? What, what does that relate to? Like, are we talking about uh, personal emotional impact? Is that what meaning is about? Or is it like a permanent change to the game world? Or maybe it's like an effect on your on your social relationships or something like that. So you can take it a few different ways. And there were lots of good replies on the forums. And I, I think that these replies really highlight that it is different for everybody. Um, and they actually didn't specify MMOs here, the question, if you look at it closely. It just says uh, your in-game uh, decisions having some kind of meaning. So people did look at single-player uh, games as well in, in terms of to use this uh, question uh, to uh, measure them against that. So we'll look at what people had to say. First up, um, Disposalist. He, um, he sort of takes the view that meaning is derived from the risk uh, and challenge of combat, as well as uh, faction choices. So Disposalist said, I would have to go back to EQ. In EQ, you're constantly making life and death decisions, sometimes on behalf of a group or even a raid. You're often making decisions that would cost you significant time and effort too around either faction or travel. Such, uh, sure, there wasn't much storyline choice with meaning, but faction decisions uh, could have huge ramifications for the subsequent content that you could enjoy or places you could visit. So he's, he's looking at it from that perspective. Now, uh, Vandrad takes a more skeptical approach with it. And you know, a lot of people actually s- said something similar to what Vandrad's going to say here. Like he's saying, you know, is it even possible um, and based on um, lack of examples, you know, because he hasn't really seen it. So his words were, uh, the last time, try never. Outside of EQ1 guilds killing the sleeper, I've never com- come across a situation where any decision I make as an individual ever had any actual meaning or any long-term effect impact upon the direction of the game. Nothing is permanent. Death isn't permanent. Most factions aren't always permanently good or bad. Even being rich or poor is in a permanent state. So basically any decisions you make uh, which give you a bad result can just be redone. So, um, and like I said, some people agreed with that. Um, one of them is uh, Vijek, and he said, although it's technically uh, pos- been possible for 10 years, over 10 years, I've never seen a team have a desire to implement persistence on a scale in any public game. The story is always on rails. Even with expansions and building a world of world-impacting items like in EverQuest 2, it was just a poorly implemented facade. Too much fear, uncertainty, and doubt, I think, prevents large-scale persistence. As a result, thematically consistent customer decisions. So, again, sort of looking at it from the perspective why of... Is, why is it that everyone on the forum seems to have, like, a psychology degree? <laughs> yeah, it, it can be that way sometimes. <laughs> um, Vijak, in particular, he's he's got um, very uh, sort of critical at times and very he doesn't screw around. Like he just sort of, he's very um, clear in his point. Yes. To the point. <laughs> Blunt, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I'm not, nothing wrong with him at all. I just, it's a no. very psychological look at it. But, yeah. 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 And sometimes it's, sometimes it's, um, it's well uh, placed. Sometimes I feel like it's a little 
too um doesn't let the imagination flow as much as i would <laughs> i would tend to like sometimes with some of the but that's getting to know the people on the forums too everybody's got a personality i'm gonna tear this question apart when it's my turn to talk it's <laughs> i can't apart. wait awesome oh, I, yeah good Awesome. Okay. So, uh, Nafel, he actually agreed with, um, a little bit with what they said, but he did take a more optimo- optimistic approach in looking to the future when it comes to Pantheon. He said, if I define meaning as quote, if I go one way, I can't come back and go another with this character. Then my answer is never, unless we're talking about race or class selection, literally no MMORPG has ever given me a choice that I couldn't undo and do differently. I might take work, uh, but it was possible, or sorry, he says, it might take work, but it was possible. If I soften that to say, if I go one way and I can't co- come back and go another without significant additional effort, then truthfully, EQ is about the only one. And even then, it was only ever about faction grinding. So um, the next one was Gintaki88. They made a great point, And I think this is a good one that sort of he's recalling one instance um, and how the community react to it. He says the last time, probably the climax of one of the most recent uh, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic expansions, making you choose to save one of your crewmates and losing the other one for good. It was tough to choose based on what I wanted or what a Jedi would do. Funny enough, things like that were in early builds of the game too, but many testers complained after killing their own crew members, even though it came with like a warning pop up. It's so interesting to me because like this is one of those things that um, he's speaking about personal, personal, emotional impact as being a meaningful choice more so than like world design or anything, which is what the other ones were talking about. But he points out like even that was met with pushback. Um, it kind of makes you wonder like, you know, if people actually want meaningful choices, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's sometimes we, we think we want it, but we don't actually want it, at least not in that context, maybe. Um, next up, Jobson, he said. Um, he feels meaning is like tied directly to harsh death penalty in terms of like <laughs> how you interact with other players. Um, but from a PVE standpoint, it doesn't really exist. He says, I tried getting back into Eve a year ago. Player impact can be felt there on a small scale rather easily. If you save a pilot, make a friend or 20, stop a PVP or you make a few enemies. Tell a rich player to uh, player off and watch them hire a bounty hunter faction to kill you on site. This is all because the death penalty is fairly punishing. Death is horrible, but it has meaning. Every other MMO has no real meaning beyond those that are limited to your character's single-player story. Um, in response to this, uh, Nanfoodle, Nanfoodle is his name, sorry, <laughs> pointed, pointed out that those stories can be, meaningful, can be meaningful to some. He says, ESO did that all the time, where story would impact your path. But in MMOs, I have found this to be rare. I like when an RPG opens doors and closes others. I think that's a really good phrase. I'm going to use that in a bit here. Um, Nanfudo goes on to say, it makes your decisions having meaning. And what and that really happens mostly in single-player RPGs. Being an MMO, decisions that can impact uh, end-game play need to be more fluid. I would love to see doors closed in Pantheon by decisions you make. It could happen with perception, so. Yes, exactly, exactly. You can close doors that... Uh, because you chose not to ex- fully explore an area or maybe uh, find, uh, pay close enough attention or go down every rabbit hole. People so, are yeah, going to complain so much about that. It's going to be all the people who want meaningful choices are going to complain. So, well, I can't do this right. now and that's stupid. I didn't know. Yep, you didn't. You, yeah, and you I reacted like, how you should have. You reacted as yourself in the world and this is what happened. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's so funny. It's like, you know, that's, 
not everybody gets everything. Trophies, man. Yeah, and it's when funny you get everything, comes, nothing means anything. Yeah, and it comes from the people who complain about participation trophies. And then they yeah. complain. It's uh, such yeah, a it's cycle of misery. <laughs> <laughs> cycle of misery, yes. Uh, that's the name of my next MMO, by the way, is I'm creating <laughs> called Cycle of Misery. And it's currently in pre-alpha development. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wow, great one. Very witty. Uh, the next response is interesting because they actually recognize all the different types of meaning. So like the personal, the social and the gameplay. And this is from Math here. He says, I guess Star Wars, the Old Republic was the last one. Not sure how meaningful, but I did decide my story arc. Uh, EverQuest 1, I had quite a few meaningful decisions when I was feigned death training other groups <laughs> and guilds so we could take the content. And I guess some of the faction choices in EverQuest 1, especially in Kunark and Velius, uh, had some serious in-game meaning for the rewards obtained. So I like that comment because I think it encompasses all the different ways that MMOs typically try to make meaningful choices, uh, to make their choices meaningful. Now, the question is, like, do you want to try and do all of that or and, or do you want to focus it more on one particular type of meaningful choice? Uh, so always a question. Um, Sunglare brought up a lot of people brought up SOTOR here. They really um, I never played it, but it apparently had some meaningful choices. But Sunglare actually said that Star they were disappointed. I don't know. Can't do it, man. <clears throat> well, can't, be a, can't be a Jedi. I, I would say the Star Trek MMO, but I, it wasn't much better <laughs> as a Star Trek <laughs> fan, but didn't really live up to much high standards. I'm sure there's people out there who love it, but I never got into it. So um, anyway, Sunglare said that they were really disappointed um, by the promise of meaningful choices in that game. And, but they said it never played, it never played out. Um, many, many MMOs, um, that promise them don't deliver. Your decisions just alter the destination somewhere, somewhat, but the outcomes are always the same. Um, Baron had a really interesting point. He focused on like a singular mechanic for his example. He talked about stealing as a player choice because stealing has consequences, he says. In ESO, it lasted longer and it felt more severe and he enjoys those things. Uh, he says, with many other games, choices are really more clouded by storylines but it's not really meaningful in the end. It didn't really matter. And everybody ended up in the same pond. So I kind of like that approach. Um, like some of the earlier posts, uh, Unicron, he said, he's got yet to see an MMO that makes choices meaningful, um, in a multiplayer game other than PVP. Never. He says, sure. In a raid or a dungeon, bad decisions can mean the difference between success and failure or a labored victory. But even then a bad decision by one player can sort of be fixed up by another player. The end result's ultimately the same. The group defeats the boss, the raid, the mob boss, whatever loot's collected. And there's never really a chance that the player actions will result in permanent defeat. It's just the nature of MMO. So again, he's looking at it from like a game world altering as a choice consequence. And then lastly, uh, Hokanu takes uh, a really uh, counter stance to what some of the others have said about single player games being more conducive. Uh, Hokanu noted, since starting MMOs in 1999, I get very little of what could be described as meaningful gameplay from single player games anymore. For me, the meaning comes through defeating difficult challenges with a team of real people. Most recently, I was surprised uh, when uh, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord, so I guess there's a multiplayer mode in that game called Captain, he says, it's intensely team-based, 6v6 small army medieval combat. Every decision, every moment has consequences in that mode. Getting a solid team together is extremely rewarding, especially when you're two down and the best of three and you get your stuff together and you find a way to claw back. 
Um, that's basically what the experience he wants in Pantheon. He says, I haven't had that in an MMO I've played since EQ. So <clears throat> all that said, those are the responses. When I think about this and I think about meaningful choices in video games, you know, um, it's, it's got to be the most difficult thing um, as a genre to incorporate into the design, right? Because just by the nature of MMOs being a shared space, they have to respect everybody's player agency, at least to some extent, right? It's nearly impossible to make one's personal choice have some wide sweeping consequences for others. So choices sort of become superficial out of necessity. But that's the problem I think we've seen in modern MMOs is they always take this single player storyline, a single player game, and, and they try to layer it on top of the game world, right? To give them the illusion of agency, right? But in reality, it doesn't change anything like a lot of the people said. And that's why modern MMOs, I think, are using, in my opinion, the wrong paradigm when it comes to like, what is a meaningful choice? World altering events, you know, whether large or small, um, that's not the way to look at it in, a, in an MMO. In an MMO, like, and I'm not going to say anything and nobody doesn't know already, but your your character is your world, right? <clears throat> and character development is the only place where you really have agency to make consequential choices. It's meaningful to spend time grinding faction in a certain area. You know, it's a meaningful choice to camp one weapon that gives you more DPS or over the choice to camp another weapon that maybe has like a useful proc or something, right? So time, you know, is a currency in an in, in MMO and how we choose to spend it, that's a meaningful choice. Like I said earlier, somebody said, open one door closes another. I think that's especially uh, uh, like relevant in the modern age for us in terms of like our demographic, in terms of uh, having limited time to play an MMO. I think that that's where your meaningful choices come in. So, you know, having said all that, I I actually, I haven't answered the question because it it sort of took me a while to come up with it. And I, I had to think about this for quite a while. And it dawned on me that it's just because we haven't really played a social MMO in a long time. You know, going back to, to EQ, it's the easy answer. It always is. But those were meaningful choices, right? Where there were social consequences. So what guild do I join back then? I, I had, these are things I had to think about when I played our request. You know, do I need to, do I roll need or greed on this? That's a social choice. And should I help the person out who's shouting for directions in zone chat? You know, those are the meaningful choices that reflect on me as a person and my reputation, which is valuable in a social MMO, but we just haven't seen that in a long time. So definitely one of those doors opens, another one closes, and sometimes it's for good and sometimes it's for bad, you know, in terms of your reputation. So yeah, that's that's my long-winded speech on this. You're you're excited about this. What do you think? What's the last time you had to make a meaningful choice and, and like what does that mean to you? Minus. So you, you turned it around a little bit at the end, but I was going to tell you that I am extraordinarily disappointed with you and a t- and everyone in this post. And Ooh, I'm going to okay. go into some detail here, but you 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 are not so much on my bad list right now because you turned <laughs> it around at the end. Okay. I'm going to read the question. When was the last time you can remember your game decisions in game having some kind of meaning? Why did everybody go to EverQuest? Are, are you kidding me? Like maybe you guys should play some MMOs then. Um, it's really disappointing. Like, I'm not trying to come off like a jerk right now, but literally, like, we have people talking about killing one of their crew. Everyone's talking about NPCs. What, what is what's the name? What's MMORPG stand for, Eric? Yeah, no, it's a massively multiplayer online role playing game. Yeah. Um. How about when you decide to help somebody and they become your friend? Yeah. How about yeah. when you join a guild and it's either really good or really bad and you either have to quit or go join another guild? How about when yeah. you make a guild and you recruit somebody? You train them. 
you decide to have to kick somebody out. You have to handle an interaction problem between two people. Are you kidding me? How is this EQ? World of Warcraft dominates all those things I just said for anyone who's ever played it, unless you're a hermit and don't try to play with other people. And this whole like, oh, when games were social. Um, I met some of my best friends in the world playing WoW for 14 years. Every single time I logged into the game and I talked in guild chat, it was social. So this whole like EverQuest was the only social MMO is a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of garbage from people who haven't moved on from 1999 and just cast stones at everything that they see because, oh, EverQuest this, EverQuest that. No, I logged into the game. I had a friends list. I had a guild. I said, good morning. I asked people how their day was because it's a massive multiplayer online game. I met Haya in Blade and Soul. In Blade and Soul, if I didn't join that guild, I wouldn't have one of my best friends in the world. If I didn't join that guild and talk to him and become a co-leader with him and raid with him, we would have never went to play WoW. If we didn't go play WoW together, we would have never made our WoW guild. There would have been no Poiru. We would have never met him. And if there was no Poiru and Haya, there'd be no WoW like when we tried to do our WoW community project. And if there was no WoW community project, there'd be no Pantheon Plus. I mean, all of those things are super meaningful. Any memory that you have playing a game is meaningful. Like, why does it have to be, oh, my faction, I can change it back. Okay, then that's a meaningful decision. I did this, and now I have to do this. That's a meaningful decision. I, it's it's mind-blowing well, to me. It's mind-blowing. Well, to a certain extent, though. If, How is if, it if, not? It's, if it's ultimately easy, like if I, okay, let's say I want to Difficulty choose- has nothing to do with meaning. Linking difficulty to meaning is a, it's completely null and void argument. Yeah. But, but if it, but if I can toggle it like a switch, then it's, it's meaningless. Do you like like playing Hades? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you have fun conversations with me about it and others? It's an extraordinary game, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's literally death is a part. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just play it because it's fun. Remember when we played games because it's fun. Remember when we played online games because we wanted to interact with people that, that's all meaningful. Like yeah. it, 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 I, and I get, look, listen, you're welcome to have your pushback here because I know I'm taking a very hard stance here. But like, <laughs> I'm reading through these. Like, this person says here, um, in EQ, you are constantly making life and death situations. How? In, in what way in EQ were you constantly making life and death situations? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's definitely like a hyperbole uh, statement. I mean, you weren't constantly making life and death. I played you making- EQ to like the mid 50s into the 60s. I played with three people. I barely ever had a full group. Never joined a guild. Yeah. And, and it's supposed to be this crazy social like. I, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I. I would argue strongly that it was definitely a social game. I mean, I. What I wouldn't argue is that WoW wasn't right. Like I didn't play WoW. I can only speak for the games that I've played. Right. And, no, I, no, and of, in course, terms of course. And this isn't about of, WoW versus EQ. It's just this yeah, whole. Yeah. It's like Vandrad never had a meaningful. Then why is he here? I well, love Vandrad. That, you know, I yeah. love Vandrad. You're telling me Vandrad, you've never made a friend in an MMO because that's a meaningful decision. You were walking along somewhere. And you decided to help someone and you don't have a friend from that. Or you but joined I, I a guild that, with people you don't have friends with. I think, but that's one of those things. Like if you look at those first three responses from Vandra and Vijek, they're looking at it very much from a world affected standpoint, right? But it's like, a bad stance. That's a bad position to take. I, I, I get both, it. I, don't, the, the, I would the, say that. The, you, the question there's, is. There's definitely ways to look at it. Like there's definitely more than one way to look at it in terms of The question of like, is, when was the last time you can remember your, in, your decisions in game having some kind of meaning? 
massive multiplayer game. 99% of what we do is run across other players and have interactions. And not one of these people talked about that. But not in modern MMOs, though. Like, not in ESO, not in Guild Wars, though. Okay, so how did people logged in and they were in a guild? Well, they log in. People went into a dungeon and just because they got (laughs) randomly placed with people they have to talk to, like whether they talk to them or not, there's human interaction. Yeah, but you can't tell me that it's the same, though, as it was back Same as what? Like the same level of communication, the same level of interaction. If I go play... If I go play ESO right now, I will have more of a social experience than I had playing EQ for five years. I played with my what? real life friends. What? I oh, played man. EQ with my real life hey, well, friends. We got to play some ESO because <laughs> that's not the experience that I have. So, but I'm happy to, I'm happy so, to so, try it. But maybe this is me. I'm a social butterfly, right? I've run a guild yeah. in every MMO I've been in. Do you think if you put me in ESO that I wouldn't have the same attitude? I, I don't know. I, I know. I think you would. Of course you would. But I like, just think that we, we the had game a wouldn't. huge we had a huge group of people in the, the former Pantheon Guild I was in before we did the Plus Guild. They had a huge guild. They did streaming together and they did events together and they had a blast playing ESO. And ESO is the third most successful MMO right now. You're telling me that multi-million people playing ESO, that there's no social experience in it? No, it's like it's how's that possible? Not- yeah, it's not to the same level though, and it's not facilitated. It's not supported in the same uh, way that older games do. Um, there, no, there is a lack take off, of support. Take off for the glasses. It. Take off the rose-colored glasses, man. <laughs> like EQ like was, it's, it was the only thing out. Yeah. There was nothing else. That's true. I mean, I've I've made that point before. Definitely, EQ definitely got an advantage of being the only game in town. I can agree with it's that. It's not even hard. The game yeah. is not hard. It was hard because we didn't know what to do. If you go play it now, it's not hard. It, it, it was. It had its. It was difficult at the time. I mean, at the time, so it was were difficult. Sierra point and click games. So was Space Quest. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it just drives me crazy. Like, <sighs> there's all these people that say community matters and that they want this social experience, and they're ignoring it when they don't want to see it. I don't know, Blade man. Blade and Soul. It is a Asian market cash shop game. And if I didn't make the decisions I made in that game, I wouldn't know how ya. If I didn't make the decisions I made in that game, I've told this story before. We've done we actually had a political in, investment in the game where our server was closing and we got all the major guilds together, switched factions so we'd all be on the same faction and co work together to form a mega guild to move our whole server of the most well known players together to another server. It, there's How's definitely what you make of it. Yeah, definitely what you make of it. There is something to that 100%. I'm not, you know, everything can be. Uh, so you're saying you if you don't put extent. effort into the main core thing of an MMORPG, which is massive multiplayer, right? So if, if you decide as a player, you're going to play them as a single player experience, unless the game forces you to play it as a massive multiplayer experience, then it's the game's fault. It's not you as a player. No, I mean, no, it's not, I'm not saying it forces you. I'm saying it doesn't, it doesn't support it to the same extent, right? There's a reason that people are drawn to Pantheon because it's extorting, it's extorting, extolling these <laughs> old, it's not extorting anything. It's extolling these old school social values and social like uh, way of approaching an MMO that like there's a, there's a deficit in the modern MMOs um, so forced that, group does, content. that aren't offered. What's that? You're saying forced group content. <laughs> to some extent, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I was I in mean, a group 99% of the time I played WoW, whether I needed one or not. 
just to be with people and to chat and have fun. I think WoW isn't. I mean, I like I said, I didn't play WoW, but I know that WoW is closer to anything that no, I, no, I don't. No, I'm not trying to just defend WoW. Category is like Secret World. More. I didn't, yeah, I didn't play Secret World. I don't know, but, but it's a crap game. I loved it, yeah. and I had a group of people I played with, and we had our little guild thing, whatever it was called, and we got to max level, and we did the hard mode raids, and it was awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. Here's the thing. It goes back to this whole participation trophy thing that fired me up in the to begin with. Everybody's like, this genre sucks now. It hasn't been good since EQ. So essentially, if you if then you're not that guy. But if you're one of those people, <laughs> you don't like MMOs. You played one that you liked because it was new, and then you hate the genre. I'm sorry. Like you can't play one game in a massive genre and say everything else sucks. You don't like the oh, genre yeah. then. Then you don't like it. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I like Guild Wars 2 for what it is. Well, I, did you I have fun in Guild Wars 2? Did you make friends? Absolutely. Ab, uh, no. No. What, Theron, what is going on? Why are you not to. social? There was, <laughs> I'm a, I was very social. I tried. There's no need for it. There's no reason to, other than the socialization aspect of it. But if you're the only one that's doing it for that reason, and the game doesn't support that, you're out on an island by yourself. There's no reason. Like, you have to understand that people, um, sometimes you people need to be brought out of their shell socially. How long did you play Guild Wars 2? How long did you play Guild Wars 2? couple years you didn't mean you have nobody on your friends list you have nobody you talked to that you played guild wars 2 with nobody that there was any reason to form a lasting uh in-game relationship with because the game didn't support that kind of thing that wasn't how you that wasn't how you progressed in guild wars 2 it wasn't uh where we the and game played it together the whole time we played it yeah um, well the standing and fire together, team though. said it was their favorite mmo ever I like they had a huge, too. yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I know, but I'm I just, liked it not for different reasons. <laughs> I didn't like it. I liked it because it was fun as a single player game. Right. I just, again, reading through these comments makes me crazy. And, and anybody listening, I'm not insulting you. I'm not trying to say you're wrong. It just makes me crazy. Like this guy here says never played an MMO, even star Wars that promised the choices. You. Everybody's looking at it as a single player game. And then they're complaining about the single player aspects. Yeah. Well, Doesn't that's, make any that's sense. A, that's a good point. I mean, if you know what, I mean, if you take it as a single player game, we have a great bevy of MMOs out there for you right now to enjoy. It's just that, I, I just you know, don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I would challenge every one of these people that they don't have a friend that they met in an MMORPG and anyone who's only played EQ. You're not an MMORPG fan. I'm sorry. I love you. You can play Pantheon. We can be friends, but you're not an MMORPG fan. If you only played EQ, I'm sorry. You're not. <laughs> do not <laughs> I, I, if you I watch one comedy that. movie in your entire life do you like comedy hmm. i would say <laughs> no you're not you're not a fan no. of comedy movies if you've, if you've watched only one watched horror one, movie no. ever and you liked it but you sort of never weird... watched another one you, are no, you a horror no, fan no it's it, it's a it's a it's a weird analogy but i get what you're saying i get it you <laughs> have to you have to under you have to see the the whole thing you have to see the big picture and then I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting debate. And I, and I know <sighs> what you're saying and I, I know why you're frustrated and I, I get it. It's not it that I'm sure. frustrated. I just don't understand what people want from games is sometimes unachievable. They want to be yeah. forced to do something, but then they don't want to be forced to do it. It's I crazy. It's crazy. That's- like don't play MM, <laughs> don't play MMORPGs. Go play Divinity. You'll make tons you of meaningful decisions. That- Go play Baldur's Gate. There's, there's been like a board meeting where a bunch of developers are making a game and they're sitting around going, what do our players want? And they're like, 
I don't think they know what they want. They don't. <laughs> you know, like, and then that's the worst part whenever they're trying dude. to tell people how to design a game and they have no clue. Like Vandrad's yeah. one of the most vocal people in the world. I love him to death. And he's saying that there's never, ever been a meaningful situation in any game he's ever played, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's Again. insane. Like, how about every time that I spent hours sim crafting to try to come up with new builds and I played new builds that weren't, you know, supported and I figured something out? That's meaningful. Yeah. What's meaningful to one person is not meaningful to another person. I mean, at the end of the day, that's... But you can't disregard relationships. Like, every relationships... Anyone can fight me to death on this topic. Relationships are meaningful. Whether it's someone you pissed off and that's your enemy forever, or it's a friend. Every relationship and every human interaction is meaningful. Yeah. Like if you choose to swear at some guy that is in your random pickup group and you make them all miserable and they leave and now they're miserable and they quit the game. That was a meaningful decision you made. Yeah. That's what I was saying right at the end there. Yeah, exactly. That's what exactly what I was saying. And that's I'm (sighs) a big proponent of reputation sticking with you and being part of that meaningful choices thing so and i've, I've said that from day one that re- reputation needs to be sticky yeah. it needs to be attached so oof, yeah that's that's a good one man i'm glad i i'm glad i found such a such a uh, people are gonna device. bury me because i'm so passionate no, about no. this but it's it's like i'm, good. <laughs> I'm done let's move on <laughs> okay okay moving on moving on moving on um for uh this week for fan projects um you know it's funny um, inspiration is like such a funny thing. You either have it in spades or you're completely out of it. Right. Um, and you and I both as sort of, you know, creative people, uh, can attest to that. I'm sure. But Crow Singer, who I've mentioned three weeks in a row now has hit the inspiration lottery because they have a third fan fiction piece over on the forums, uh, for the third week in a row. And it's called the song of Surrett. It's a uh, standalone tale, and uh, you can find it over on the fan fiction forums at Pantheon MO, like I said. So as a struggling fan fiction author myself looking for inspiration, I, uh, I'll just have whatever Crow Singer's having, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I can finish my, uh, my long overdue uh, fan fiction piece that I've been working on. But um, go over there and check just it out. Just make sure and, your character uh, doesn't have any meaningful interactions when you write your fan fiction. <laughs> I think I've found some inspiration in our conversation <sighs> tonight. I'm going uh, to go write or something. But uh, yeah, so anyway. I, just, that's I cannot like, believe that. Vandrad, I love you, but never had meaningful... Oh, yeah, <laughs> you have to ping him on Discord after this. You okay. ping you him on Discord. Heart to heart or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's it for this week's uh, community discussions. Let's talk content creator updates and new additions to Pantheon Plus. All right, on Pantheon Plus, a bunch of stuff happened, but nothing was meaningful. So let's just skip it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so Nathan Napalm did his class videos. I'm gonna go through this rather quickly. There's not a whole lot. It's a pretty slow week. Um, you know, he did a Monk, Ranger, and Paladin class review. So if you love that napalm flavor, check that out. Uh, Drac put out two more profiles this week, um, highlighting Plate of uh, Voices of Terminus' new show, Fully Geared. And also Sinbayan. Is that how you say it? Sinbayan? Yeah, Sinbayan. I just watched it before we started recording. Yes, Sin- yeah. Sinbian. Sinbian. Um, a longtime EQ fan looking for a new home. So uh, check those out if you like to learn a little more about the community or hear people's stories. I think they're really fun. They're like three to five minutes max. And just kind of learn about the people who are excited about the game around you. I think they're really, really cool. Like they haven't, like we don't get a ton of views on them, but I think they're some of the favorite things that we do because it really ties into that community side. And if you watch it and you like it, like 
go reach out to Drac. It takes a couple minutes in Discord to record your answers and he'll put the video together. And then you have your little stamp there. When you go into the game, you have a small reputation or small stories yeah. about you. It's, I love it. Fun I love stuff. it. It's, yeah. I, I gotta be like, Drac is such a community guy. Like it's, it's just awesome. Yeah. Like he's even more so a community guy than me. Like not because I'm not trying to be, but just, he's just he's good at it. He's, he's just constantly yeah. digging in there and talking with people even more than I'm able to. And it's, it's awesome. So definitely, definitely. So what's being worked on, on the website? Um, we're just, I, we told you guys last week, we're going to be looking at the race and class pages. Um, you know, we've updated the spell database, but we have to put it into the page. Really. We're just kind of looking at small fixes and be honest with you. We've been pushing so hard for this article update for so long. Just kind of taking a break and make sure it's working. <laughs> that's, that's really where we're at. Um, you know, after a couple of weeks here, we'll probably start really pushing out the new pages and designing them. But a little break, check in, uh, check in and see if we have any issues, if people have issues viewing them, linking them, just doing little bug fixes for a little bit here. So that's it. So other news from us, um, Theric, <laughs> this is all your fault. I, I can't stop playing 80s. I can't. I don't <laughs> You've got sleep. a problem. I don't get things done. This game's amazing. Like, if you're a Pantheon fan and you're like, oh, every game sucks, go buy this game. I, I, we don't make anything off of it. Supergiant games could care less that we exist. Um, yeah. I just can't, go get 80s. Like, if you don't like roguelikes, I don't care. If you haven't played this style of game and you don't like it, I don't care. This game is amazing. I don't like any roguelikes. It's, the game's good. When a good game comes out, it doesn't matter what genre it's in if it's that good. This game's that good. Great story, amazing controls, fluid combat, just a few things that make it great. I am so obsessed. I woke up at six in the morning, got my daughter up, gave her breakfast and squeezed a run in before I had to take her to school. <laughs> yeah. You texted me this morning and I was like, yeah. I, I was, but daddy, I'm hungry. Like, hold on, honey. Hold on. I'm just about to beat Hades. Hold on. Just yeah. eat your Cheerios. <laughs> oh, like it's so good. I think I have 56 hours in right now. Um, yeah. Sorry guys. My voice is still a mess. So you guys probably hear that a little bit through this. Um, I beat the game with all the weapons. I also unlocked all but one of the hidden weapon aspects. Now I'm working towards all the hidden companion skills. I even killed Sharon. Whooped his ass, mm-hmm. by the way. Whooped him. <laughs> um, Theric, this is honestly the best game I've played in like years and years and years. Like it's yeah. unbelievably good. So I blame you for my lack of productivity and sleep. The other night I played it till two in the morning and I had to get up at six. And that was a wreck. <laughs> I was a wreck. <laughs> I have a so feeling good. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be uh, writing a letter to your therapist at some point or checking you into a rehab facility and trying to explain what exactly is going on with you and and uh, saying, well, you know, you just you can't let him play this game. It's it's ruined him. He's he's a he's a shell of the man he used to be. And uh, but so yeah, good. no, I mean, in all seriousness, it's an amazing game, dude. It's like it's an indie developer. I just love this studio so much and everything they do. And, and I've been like the biggest fanboy of them for the longest time. I always tweet about it and stuff. And it's like when it pays off like this, when people, other people get this much joy out of it, man, it is just crazy, crazy. So, it's, so good guys. Like I'm not kidding you. It's only what 30 bucks, 40 bucks, maybe it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Like I can't even, I can't even, it's, We're going to start a new podcast. It's called the uh, Hades Rewind. No, I can't because I have to be playing it. So I okay. do this, then I go back to playing it. So it's so good. There you go. 56 yeah. hours, 50 something runs. Um, I, can't, I can't stop. I want, this is one of the, like, you know when a game is so good that you want to unlock everything and you actually do it? That is like one out of 10,000 games for me. That's how good this game is. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, go get Hades. That's it for us from, uh, Pantheon Plus. 
Sit back and relax. It's time for The Lore You Know. Okay, this week we get familiar with one of the primary figures in the story of the nine races, that is being King Causus of the Dwarves of Terminus. And this was actually requested by the community. So, um, you know, every race has their pantheon of deities, and Causus was, at one time, one of them for the dwarves. On their homeworld, he was known as Causus of Aldasa, but he also known as the Dwarven Father. And like I said, he was a deity. In fact, he created the dwarves through like the perfect melding of stone from Coldark Peak and a shard of the ice of Rifel. Such was the bond between Causus and the dwarves that it was like parent and child. And upon Terminus, it was this bond that would later lead Causus to sacrifice his immortality for the good of the people to rule amongst the dwarves as a high mortal. So he now rules as King Causus in the fortress of Kadasa, and he's led the dwarves for over 900 years. Causus's role in the Deicide War, as well as in deciphering the Dragon Accord, are also very, very important in the history of Terminus, but those are tales for another time. So that's the lore you know. And with that, it's time to check the mailbox. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it gets here, I just yell, mail! We're getting sued. Well, that song can only mean one thing, and that means it's time to answer some questions. So I'll start with the first one. Um, I'll answer first, and we'll just rotate from there. So LaFell says, uh, from all the MMOs you've played and characters you've had, the retiring of which one had the greatest emotional impact and why? Great question. Yeah, that's um, I would say that it's really tough. Uh, you know, leaving Blade and Soul was like a necessity. I still loved the game, but I was spending so much on the cash shop and it was getting <laughs> obsessively bad because I'm a gambler. Everyone knows that. Like, I like to gamble. I like to, and I just, I got into it. And I'm, I don't, reg- I'm not going to sit here and say I regret it. I just realized it was getting into a dangerous territory and I had to remove myself. So I, I really enjoyed my character. I enjoyed like the, the the flair that I was able to get from my character, how cool I looked, how strong I was. I was well known. There was a lot to it that was it was pretty upset to step away from that game, honestly. Um, and then cool. other than that, you know, it's it's funny because it's not so much the character, but like when when I left WoW as Minus and I handed the guild over to somebody and said goodbye to everybody, that was mm-hmm. that was emotional. That was intense. Yeah. And I never went back, like never. So I guess that's kind of bad because it's not so much the character. Like I guess Blade and Soul was, but, you know, um, never playing my Warlock, which was the last character I played in in WoW. And keep in mind, I played a bunch of characters in WoW. So, um, but that was the last character I ever played minus the Warlock. So, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, when you put in so much time into these games, you know, and it's like these characters become an extension of you. Um, for me, I'm going to use a phrase that, um, uh, by Neil Young, uh, here to t- mm. talk about sort of how it's, how my characters, um, went away. But Neil Young said in one of his songs, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Mm. And that sort of gives you my answer here because EQ, like we've talked about a lot, is my first love and EQ Theric definitely had the most blood, sweat and tears put into it over the years. So it'd be easy to go that way. But, but with EQ, I burned out, you know? And so I had a, I had a, like a peaceful parting with my character. It was difficult to decide, but, um, not in not in a bad way but then there was vanguard and the thing with vanguard is that it wasn't my choice you know like i had my thestrin Mm -hmm. ranger 
from the yeah. village of Tersh. His name was Lorden. He was in his prime, right? He was, I, I worked hard on, on, on Lorden as a character and I, I was ready to ascend, you know, like we were doing new things. We were ready to discover new content, the whole thing. You know, I had built a boat. <laughs> I had a home on an island and I had a good guild. But then the world faded around me, right? Like, so I didn't say goodbye to, to Lord. And I, I had to watch the world sort of ultimately fade away from under his feet. And that was tough, you know, it was, um, so all my hard work was sort of felt like it was for nothing, you know, yeah. because um, it wasn't my choice. So while Theric burned out, you know, Lord and just faded away. And, you know, that still kind of bums me out after all these years, but um, it's a great question, you know, and I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't really thought about uh, my Vanguard experience from that lens, I guess. So uh, I really yeah. enjoyed actually going back down memory lane a little bit with that. Good quote. I'm singing the song in my head. I was like, gosh, should I try to sing it like Neil right here? <laughs> yeah, I won't try to sing it, but um, <laughs> it is it is a good song. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next question here is from John Wayne. It says, it's a three-part question here. So I think it kind of ties it all together. Um, John Wayne says, in terms of gameplay appearance, what is the most graphically important to you and why? Is it zones and cities in the world itself? Is it custom anim- animations for melee abilities and spells? Is it the look of gear and the overall character model itself? So I'll let you start yeah. with that. That's a great question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It is a good question too. And it was a tough one to um, to sort of figure out. And this might surprise you what I'm going to say, Minus, but um, I'm going to go with the third option, character models. And I don't even care about the gear as being part of it. I just want to focus on the models because you're always looking at your character right from the start. When you load up the game and you've got that character select screen in front of you, right? Um, to the downtime when you're sitting in your group, you know, you're sitting around. I'm always rotating the camera around, maybe, you know, looking at stuff. Mostly I'm checking myself out, you know, I'm like, what do I look like right now? Like, what does my model look like? And if the character models are weird, you know, there's no gear in the world that can fix, you know, a bad looking face, you know, or some sort of odd <laughs> body type shape. I, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. When they showed, um, VR showed their models for the Darkmer and the Archai. I loved, loved how they looked, especially the archive. I really look back on that and I'm like, <clears throat> you know, it would, it, I like them so much. I would consider either being a main, if they could be Rangers, there would be a strong consideration not to be an elf and to be a, be an archive. <laughs> and on that note, you know, in the last dev stream Torque showed those models, they showed the, that elf model. Gotta say, not feeling it, you know, not too feeling short. the elf model. Too short. Too short. Yep. Definitely too short something's off about it. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but, um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say character models. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm obvious, right? Character models and gear without a doubt. Um, you know, I'm most related to real life. Like you just said a bunch of things, like think about it. Like you wake up every morning, you look in the mirror, it's either a good day or a bad day. When you get older, (laughs) there's a lot more bad days. You brush your teeth. You're looking at yourself in the mirror. You get a good outfit (laughs) on. You're like, all right, all right. You feel confident. You go out in the world. If you're driving to work or you're driving to somewhere you drive to all the time, you don't look at anything. How many times have you been driving your car and you're like, oh, I'm here. Like, how did I get here? I don't even remember driving, right? Like the world around you is beautiful when it's discovered, but when you're in it and living it long enough, it's just there. And I, yeah. I, I feel like people might get really upset with me for saying that because it's still important. Um, but discovery is important. Living in it is just as long as it feels like the world, it's good. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like you said, you look at your gear, you look at uh, how you present yourself as a character. I mean, that's all super important to me. I agree. And I'm super happy with my halfling. So 
<laughs> even even the man bun, you're still good uh, at that. Well, no, we'll probably be changing that out. But uh, no, other than that, fair enough. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Chobin says to fill the space between key locations, you perform more quiet environmental storytelling with no quests attached. One where you have to draw your own conclusions with maybe some guided storytelling here and there. Or would you prefer most or all the interesting bits be told via perception? And would you have any kind of reward for these finds? Or should the lore and discovery be enough for the player? Whew, there's a lot here. Yeah, it's a big um, question, yeah. I, I kind of took a piece of it. I didn't answer the whole thing, so. Well, if you have an answer, you go first. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say, like, <clears throat> you know, the art of pulling off storytelling through, like, <clears throat> environmental design is, is it definitely an art form in and of itself. I've played games on both ends of the spectrum when it's like pure environmental with no text or dialogue whatsoever. And I've played games that are just basically in your face, very blatant and blunt with their storytelling aspects. So I think that, I think environmental storytelling is uh, my preference. I do, there does need to be some, you know, like there needs to be some uh, text or dialogue something conveyed information conveyed to you beyond just looking at the looking at the world so i i I, but i definitely prefer more of a balance more of a uh, uh, weight on the environmental story storytelling aspect of it and we've talked about it before there should be definitely be rewards for through the perception system through discovery and, and what your role as a keeper might be so yeah it was a big question i just chose to focus on that one part says the guy who has a segment called the lore you know and he wants it to be <laughs> environmental I just want to make sure he's clear on that um yeah that's true so, so i think i think the game telling you a story is very important very 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 important um and I, i'll go back to an example i've used before which is rift i enjoyed rift the launch of rift was phenomenal it did so many things that no other game did the soul system was incredible the class system was incredible um but what it boiled down to is like when I got to the first raid, I was fighting these people in this hedge mage hedge maze raid, and I didn't know why. There was like, okay, I'm killing these guys. Oh, here's the big bad guy. Okay, who is he? Like, yeah. If I'm fighting a big baddie and I'm fighting hard to get there, I really hope the game's told me enough about them so that I know who they are and I know why it's exciting. And I yeah. think that that's super important for me, especially as a major combat raiding dungeon guy. I want to know something like it was even exciting in EQ to kind of get some of the lore in unrest when the dwarf mm-hmm. was down there. Like you hear him talking a little bit and you can yeah. actually get some of the lore of it. I thought that was awesome. Like that kind of stuff should exist. I think that you're discovering the world and you should be able to somehow learn about it. I think it's very that's important. A, that's a great bring up about unrest. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that, but that's exactly what this is talking about. So yeah, uh, I like that a lot. And perception, yes, you should. Uh, if you do perception things, I think you should get tangible rewards. And for everyone who says, "Well, what if I don't want to be a keeper?" Then you don't get them. Sorry. <laughs> but what if right. I don't? What if I don't make a decision right? Then you still don't get them. But thanks for trying. <laughs> yeah. You have other choices you can make. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, last one, JJ. For better or for worse, a lot of MMOs usually incorporate the usage of traveling through time in order to present the game's lore in an interactive way. Do you think Pantheon should eventually follow suit? Go back and explore the planets. Oh, I'm going to answer first. Yes, 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 yes. Um, (laughs) One of the coolest things in WoW is when they did the Caverns of Time, and you actually went with Arthas um, when he purged Stratholme. And it was just Arthas. He wasn't um, the death, uh, you know, the Lich King yet. And you go back in time, and the reason is is because there's these dragons 
that travel through time and they're trying to manipulate time and kill Arthas to save the world. But the fact of the matter is, as the heroes, like you can't do it that way. Like you can't destroy all existence to stop this one bad thing from happening. So you actually go back in time in the calling of Stratholme and you, what's funny is like, if you were a Draenei, they didn't exist yet. So it actually made your character model illusion to like a gnome, like so that there was like an actual fabric so that Arthas wouldn't know something was wrong. You were just supposed to be troops accompanying him. But all of a sudden he would go off and do his thing and this little side portal would open where the dragons would come out who were going to come try to kill him. You'd run off to the side, kill these dragons and go back to the mission. So you were there to ensure that time properly went on. It was awesome. Like there were like three or four of those and they were so fun. There was one where you had to like protect Thrall um, Mm -hmm. like from prison and break him out of prison and stuff. Like really, really cool things that taught you about this world that exists because the world shouldn't start when we log in. The world should have a history and being able to experience that history, whether it's through time travel or whatever it is, it's a game. This is a video game. Like we yep. should be able to do it. Um, so yeah, I love that. And and honestly, when they first did those caverns of time dungeons, I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. So yeah, man, I hope they do do something like this. You know, eventually with Pantheon, that would be awesome to be Can able to go going back to and, other planets. Oh man! Wow, even just like even just going back in time to see to witness the collisions, right? To witness, you know, when the when the uh, ogres and the dwarves and the elves arrived, you know, and to sort of see it happen. And then, yeah, like, you know, I mean, going to different planets has a bit of a, a bit of a bad history attached to it because of the, I think the moons thing with uh, EverQuest at some point got a little <laughs> silly. I don't know. I wasn't around for that phase of EverQuest, but um, yeah, no, I'd love to, I'd love to do something like that where you go back in time and, and explore. Uh, I mean, this is like a lore nerd's dream, right? To go back and witness yeah. history. Just what about um, seeing from, Terminus before the collisions? What the planet look like? Yeah, 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 exactly. And like that going to see other areas, <laughs> yeah, to see like other areas, like what they used to look like, and be walking around like, oh my god, I know what this area is. You know, yeah, I think that's really exciting. Oh, it's super exciting. I would be hundred percent down for that. So great question, awesome. JJ. Well. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of The Rewind. Uh, And thank you for listening to me rant and rave about meaningful decisions (laughs) in a massive multiplayer MMORPG. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Opinions, opinions. uh, Some opinions are bad. Um, But at the end of the day, everyone's allowed to have them. And we welcome them here. And we do like it. And I do appreciate your guys' feedback. And it made for a fun episode that we thought otherwise was actually. I thought this actually would be one of our shorter episodes. And then I ranted and raved like a lunatic. So there's always that. There's always that. Um, thank you everybody for listening, whether you're listening to us live on YouTube premiere or downloading us on Spotify or iTunes, really appreciate it. 31 episodes. Uh, we always say it, but it's hundred percent true. It doesn't happen without you in the community supporting us. So thank you for that. Um, and I do apologize. My voice has been a living hell for the last three weeks. Uh, it is sort of getting better. Um, I think it was like a respiratory infection. So I apologize for some of the coughing or some of the weird voice stuff. Um, it will be normal soon. Hopefully, or I'm going to lose my freaking mind. So, Derek, <laughs> thank you for another great episode, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, awesome, man. Great job. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Be sure to follow Minus and all Pantheon Plus related content on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube under the name Pantheon Plus. Also, be sure to follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter. 
keep up to date on all Pantheon Rise of the Fallen information on www.pantheon.plus, the definitive source for all media of Pantheon. Until next time.